Welcome to the Life in the Front Office podcast. Uh, this is, will be with Seattle University's MSBL presenting the Sports Biz Leaders Mindset Series. Um, really excited to talk to Tanner Swanson of the New York Yankees. He is the Major League Quality Control and Catching Coordinator um, for the Yankees and has had some extensive experience uh, within the baseball realm. Um, Tanner, can you... As we as we start this episode, you know, I, I want to talk about your path, but then also just um, exploring some of the opportunities within the baseball side, whether it's the coaching or player development, and scouting, and if you could kind of give us a, a little bit of an overview of of what that looks like and kind of your day to day, the world that you work in and the people that you work with. Um, so, welcome to the sure. podcast. Yeah, thanks, Jake. I'm I'm. Uh excited to be here i'm grateful for the opportunity to to talk a little bit about my uh i guess my path and my passion and um you know it's it's been a a a unique journey i guess um in in a lot of ways but um not too atypical um you know uh just before i guess we get into the background um the day-to-day is you know i just started um a a new role with the yankees will be my first um, full season um, as a major league coach. Uh, I was previously with the Minnesota Twins, and uh, which which gave me some opportunities to gain exposure to the major league environment, um, but but not on a on a daily or consistent basis. Um, so this this will be my first you know full time job um, with a, a professional or not full time job full time um, in the in the major league or at the major league level. Um, was really looking forward to that or am looking forward to it. And uh, we were, you know, partway through spring training and down the back stretch and, and ready to take off for Montreal to uh, begin our, uh, begin our season. We had exhibition games scheduled there and, and then, uh, you know, our worlds were kind of turned upside down and next thing, you know, being sent home. So um, I'm really enjoyed my time so far with the Yankees. Um, I've, I've got to be involved uh, aside from just the day-to-day tasks of, of managing our catching department at the major league level. Um, I also helped hire our, our minor league catching coordinator, Aaron Gershenfeld, um, and, and have played a, an active role kind of overseeing uh, the implementation of, of uh, just kind of a unified process from, from top to bottom and making sure there's continuity and, and consistency throughout in terms of our instruction and, and uh, how we operate within uh, some of the catching initiatives. So, um, really enjoy there's a lot of really really smart people doing um some incredible work within the yankees and it's been an honor to 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 wear the pinstripes although it was uh it was short-lived sure well you know obviously we're looking forward to uh when we do get back in action and and kind of seeing what uh what you guys are able to do and you know from from the perspective of getting to to your role right now in the pinstripes it, it wasn't you know, an easy road per se, right? You played at three different schools. Um, you played college baseball. So it's not like you just kind of graduated college and walked right into it. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I think the landscape in general of uh, professional, and I'm not sure how this applies to, to other sports, um, but at least in the world of baseball right now, it's, it, it's, it's the landscape is shifting very, very quickly. And I think um, me personally, I feel like I'm, grateful um to be in this crossroads where um i'm the right age um it's it's the right time in in the history of our game 
um, where it no longer um, it's, it's more about what you can do as opposed to what you've done. Um, I, I think by traditional standards, um, somebody like myself who didn't play professional baseball, definitely didn't play in the major leagues um, that, you know, five or 10 years ago, um, you know, would have prevented me from ever even sniffing, um, you know, a role at, at this level um, in, in a coaching capacity. So um, I'm grateful that um, the, the tides are, are shifting and, and doors have, have been open for people like myself who um, are kind of infiltrating all levels of professional baseball. And, and so um, it's, it's an interesting time and there's a lot of change. And, and I think with the, with the advancement and with, um, with, with analytics and with, um, you know, the growth of new metrics and new ideas centered around player development, um, and then really, I think the access um, to recruit and, and to find talented coaches um, is just a lot easier than it's ever been with, you know, with social media and other platforms that allow coaches to openly um, source and, and share information. Um, and, and that's been it's, it's currently attractive to professional organizations. There's, there's a lot of organizations who are tapping into different job uh, markets that haven't traditionally been. Uh, the norm in terms of where they find coaches and, and, you know, front office personnel and analysts and, and so forth. So um, it's, it's definitely a unique time and, and I'm grateful, honestly, to be kind of right in the middle of it. And, you know, as you're working with the players, other coaches, scouts, you know, kind of just across the department as a whole, um, you know, one way or another, you have to be seen as a leader, right? And and leaders come in all different shapes and sizes. But as you're leading these catchers throughout the organization, what are some of the mindsets that you preach to not only the players, but then also others that you work with? And um, one thing that I I've I've answered this question, you know, several times recently, and I honestly always go back to to competence and being really really good at, at your job. And I think if if the focus is at times more internal in terms of trying to, to be the best that you can be within, you know, whatever the confines of your role are, I, I think it gives you a greater capacity to then lead others. And I think being within the Yankees organization and just in professional baseball in general, I've been blown away by how many um, bright people I've, uh, I'm now surrounded by um, who are really, really good at their respective jobs. And I think, not only does that fuel your own kind of desire to continue to improve and, and, and get better. Um, but I think that is ultimately the foundation. It's, it becomes easier to lead um, if you can perform the tasks of your job at a high level. So that's, that's always um, been my focus is to try to, to become the best that I can be at my craft. And then as a result of that, um, be able to have something that I can deliver to a team of people, a player, um, an analyst, you know, other people that I may be directing. Um, I think when you have something of value that you bring to the table, um, it, it's easier to capture the attention of a room and, and, and ultimately then to gain their respect and their trust. And, and I think the, the combination of those things just enhance your, your ability to, to connect and to reach and, to, and ultimately influence other people. So um, I don't know if that answers the question directly, but, but that's kind of how I look at it. Just not a head down mentality, but, but really focused on your craft and, and doing everything you can within your power to, 
to, to bring some type of competitive edge to the table um, that is attractive to an organization and, and other people that, you know, you're surrounded by. Well, and as you grow as a leader, right, you, you know, you shape um, how, how you lead, um, how you prefer to uh, be led as well, right? Sure. And I, I love the concept of followership in that, um, you know, we've had Jean Ackerman on the podcast before. She's a great leader in your organization. And sometimes it's, it's, it's just as important to know how to lead, but as, but also how to follow and follow good leadership in order to learn how to lead well. Right. So what are some of the things that you've learned from some of the leaders, whether it's the Yankees, the twins, you know, uh, playing from some of the, you know, for some of the coaches or, or coaches that you've coached with, what are some of the things that you've picked up along the way? Uh, a couple of things. I mean, one is, is humility. You know, I'm surrounded by some really high achievers. I mean, people who, are at the level um, that I'm currently at, you know, they, they've, they've done a lot of really great work and, and um, yet there's this sense of humility and a, a continued quest to, that, you know, to continue to improve. It's not like I've, I've made it, I've reached the mountaintop. Um, and I've, I've rarely sensed that from, from anybody within not only our organization, but also my past experiences. Um, it's almost the opposite. It's, it's people who, um, have, have done some really, some really good work and, and, and some noble work um, are, they have this, this quest to, to continue that the, to prove it and, and to continue to, to grow and improve and, and produce quality work. Um, the other thing that comes to mind, and this is kind of a buzzword that that's maybe trendy, but, you know, and I've, I've started to experience this. I think the more I gain confidence in my own role, is, you know, the sense of vulnerability that, um, that you don't know at all. And there's more to, there's more to learn and there's more to do. And it's okay at times to say, you know what, I don't know, I don't have the answer. Um, and that was harder for me to do, um, you know, just a few years ago, you know, when I was really just getting started, um, in this industry and, and trying to kind of find my way and, and figure it out. Um, but I think that the more, confident you become the more confidence you gain the easier it is to be, to be vulnerable around people and and I've, I've learned that that trade is has been really powerful for me um, not only with with people that I work directly with but probably more importantly players um, you know being able to 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 be vulnerable with your players and tell them you know I don't have the answers let's navigate this together um, and that's not uh, that's that's not how it's always been. I think coaches have this stereotype that, um, you know, they have all the answers. It's, um, it's, it's typically the conversation is one way. It's, this is, this is what I need you to do, go do it. Um, and I think, you know, that is, is, is really, I think changing, um, you know, in terms of, of how coaches, especially at the professional level, you know, interact, um, and, and work with, with, individuals and in terms of trying to get the most out of them um it's, it's more of a two-way conversation and and i'm going to bring suggestions and things to the table and i'm going to explain to you why i think they're valuable and how they can help you um but it's not a it's 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 rarely a mandated thing and um it's i've learned the more vulnerable i can be with with players um the the easier it is to to connect with with them and, and ultimately influence them and lead them you know um, along the way. 
And and it's also that at all levels too, right? I mean, you, you spent time as a coach in the high school ranks, the college ranks, and also the professional ranks. So what are some of the differences, whether it's, you know, the player's mindset to your mindset as you're trying to coach a different level of skill, different level of maturity, different level of, of um, you know, vulnerability in the sense of or, or coachability, I guess, for the player, right? Um, the ability to actually receive, understand, and do what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think self-awareness is is maybe something that, that jumps off the page for me when, when evaluating kind of my experiences with, you know, younger players at lower levels versus, you know, a major league player. I think major league players are very, very self-aware generally in terms of where they stand, what their strengths are, uh, where they need to continue to improve. Um, and I think that self-awareness is 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 really critical um, because when you're aware of your flaws, right, you can you can begin to create action plans to to try to a- attack them. And I, I I've never seen that to the same degree uh, as I as I see currently with when dealing with major major league players. It's they're ultra aware of um, where they need to continue to grow and places where they can gain a competitive advantage, whether it's developing a new pitch, whether it's some kind of corrective they need in their swing, whether it's um, modifications in their catching stances. I mean, there's, they're, they're ultra aware of, of kind of where they're at relative to their peers. Um, and I think that's relatively unique. I didn't, I didn't sense that that same level of, um, you know, working with amateur players, I think in, in a lot of ways, amateur players um, are the opposite, you know, where they're really naive to or, or lack that honesty to be able to really evaluate themselves, um, you know, in, in an honest way, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and ultimately, uh, regardless of what level you're at, uh, it's all a business, uh, business of life, business, I mean, just in general, right? The, the fundamentals of uh, kind of everything that surrounds it, whether it's, you know, from a college perspective, the business of the scholarship side and, and the funding and being able to, uh, you know, you were, you were director of baseball ops, you know, to, to mm-hmm. put the travel together, to put, you know, the itineraries together, the hotels, et cetera. And, you know, at the major league level, uh, it is, you know, it's all a business. It's a, a return on, you know, the investment of what you're paying the player and, and ultimately how uh, the team can be successful with a combination of all the players. And as you see it from a business lens, what's maybe the one thing that you're able to take from the coaching player side and say that would apply to the business side? Um, these lessons are in parallel. Um, that's that's a good question. Um I think ultimately, I mean, it's when, when you're managing people or you're within a, a peer group, um, I, I think, or a team setting, it's, it's not that much different. A, a baseball clubhouse or baseball environment um, it, it is, is not that much different than, I think, a, a business office or, um, you know, a, a startup, or I, I think it's, it's still I mean, largely- Even a classroom, right? I mean, even, even a classroom. Even a, even a classroom, it, it still boils ta- down to your ability to make connections, to work with others, to collaborate, to work, to refine your craft, to produce, to execute. 
um, to perform all these things are, are, are there's so many parallels. I, th- I think they're, it's the same in, in a lot of ways. It's about maximizing your product productivity and, and often, you know, how well you can work and interact with other people. Um, you know, that plays a huge role. If, if you, if, if you're disliked within the clubhouse, um, you know, or di- it's, it's not that different than being disliked within, you know, the office space or the classroom. Um, and and maybe it's because your 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 motivations are um, are they are derived from a, a selfish place. Um, you're not in it for the right reasons. Maybe you don't work, or you're not as committed to the, to whatever the 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 company or or team goal is as much as somebody else. It it's it's all I think human nature. And um, and on the flip side of that, I think teams, high functioning teams, like high functioning businesses. You know, they have that they they have that ability to to work well um, collaboratively and and to communicate at, at a really high level and and their investments um, uh, you know are are similar throughout you know the the team. I think there's there's I think it's all the same. I think it's 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 very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned communication, and I think that's key, right? Like like a lot of people think communication is just you know email or phone or, or selling someone something. I mean, you got to communicate whatever, whatever that lesson or skill or, or whatever it is that you're trying to communicate to that catcher um, or any other player about their hitting, et cetera. I mean, it's got to come, come across clear, understood, you know, easy, easy to understand in whatever respect or background that, you know, the person has. Um, and it also has to come across, you know, genuine, uh, it, it, it has to be the right way so that uh, you can both, you know, progress forward. Um, as we look to kind of wrap up the episode, you know, one thing uh, that I wanted to ask is, is from a student athlete standpoint and kind of your, your experience uh, in, in education and, and understanding, you know, the, the lessons that ultimately being a student can teach you, what are some of the things that you were able to take advantage of as a student athlete during your experience? And, and if not, then what were the things maybe you, you wish you would have? Um, you know, I, I viewed myself as a competitive student. I, I don't know where, you know, maybe that's just a, a personality of mine, but um, especially when I got into, into college, it was, um, I wanted to outcompete my classmates in a lot of ways. And, and that, at least initially, until I really um, found, you know, a, a, an academic area that I was really interested in, and 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 then my my motives changed slightly. But, um, you know, I, I think looking back on, on my college experience, you know, I, I had, and 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 then looking forward to how this is applied um, and and helped, you know, in, in the various roles that that I've had within baseball. Um, you know, I, I was a physical education and, and school health major. Um, so I, I took a lot of exercise physiology and exercise science and, and pedagogy type courses that were heavily rooted in skill development, um, um, skill acquisition, motor learning, you know, concepts that, um, deal with, you know, how we teach and acquire and modify skill. Um, and, and that was never intended to then be parlayed into um, coaching. That was that was never, you know, the, the goal. Um, but 
but I think these concepts, these, these concepts of motor learning and skill acquisition that I had a really, I acquired a really strong foundation of those concepts in school um, have now become really popular within the baseball industry. Um, and I think that gave me kind of a leg up um, again, timing, um, you know, meets kind of opportunity. Um, but, but those concepts are, are, are very prevalent in terms of how um, not only professional coaches, but amateur coaches and just the industry in general is, is approaching player development. Um, so I was kind of an early adopter and, um, but that was never, you know, that wasn't necessarily by design. Um, it was, I threw myself into, you know, whatever was right in front of me. And at the time I, I was preparing to, to be a, a high school teacher and potentially coach. And I, and I did that for a couple of years. Um, but I think you, you never know like how some learning experience is going to surface you know, where, where it can surface down the road. And, and if you can just throw yourself into um, whatever it is that you're doing, um, you know, I, I think it's a good approach for just life in general, you know? Yeah. And, you know, last thing is, is uh, we finished, you know, for the final thought of, um, you know, ultimately everyone's path is different, right? It, it doesn't, you know, there wasn't this set out mission like you were talking about. And uh, as you look at the landscape today and with the, with the lens that you do look through now, if someone wants to try and get to where you are or, you know, follow some sort of similar footsteps in terms of the experiences you've had, what's the one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, I think what's helped me the most is that becoming a major league coach was never the goal. Right. And and I think sometimes where, um, especially currently, and I don't want to jump on a soapbox here, but, but information is so easily accessible that the trend that I see younger coaches um, that I think could be helpful maybe in some ways, but also, you know, provide a disservice is it's, I think too many coaches are um, going right to the source and saying, okay, I'm a high school coach. I'm going to get Tanner Swanson's catching program. I'm going to reach out to him and he's going to send me his content and PowerPoint and then I'm going to get, go get so-and-so's hitting curriculum and so-and-so's. And I think where, where they miss the boat is they never develop their own content. It's, it's, they package a lot of other people's not to say that, that I didn't do those same things. I think we all steal bits and pieces from, from, from other people. Um, but I think what's most important is that you then can process it. You can add to it. You can contribute um, something. And, and, and for me, like, when I got thrown into speaking in gate, like I got asked to, to speak at a coaches convention and, and it started as just a small local Northwest coaches convention. And, um, but I thought that was the biggest thing there was. And, and I remember how, how focused and um, how much time I put into preparing for that presentation. And, and I fell in love with that process because at the end of it, not that I love public speaking, at the end of that process, the, the time and the, and the creative kind of process that it, it created for me to dig into something, you know, I realized 
how much I really didn't know about whatever the topic was that I was preparing for, you know, the deeper and deeper you get into it. And, and it, so it forced this thought process for me to, to start to challenge my own kind of recycled beliefs that I kind of acquired from other people and other sources. And I started to, to piece information together and formulate my own thoughts and own, and, and own um, ideas. And then, you know, that led to speaking at another convention and another one. And, and I consistently say yes to do these things, be, not because I love doing them, but I love the process that it creates. And, and I think um, and, until you're willing to, to really create and then share, and then that's kind of the, the back to the vulnerability piece. It's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's scary to create some content, especially in a game that's been around for 150 years and to say, this is my thoughts on hitting or catching or pitching and to share it publicly, knowing that it's going to be criticized. It's going to be picked apart. Um, some people may like it, some may hate it. Um, but you're, you're in the arena. You, instead of being the critic on the sideline who, who takes the good and, and criticizes the bad and, and never actually steps into the arena themselves and, and joins the conversation, you know, from a constructive place where they can contribute something. And I think, uh, so I guess my biggest piece of advice would be to create, to, to get in the gutter and, and, and steal and borrow as much information as you can from as many sources as you can, but then, you know, also challenge and, and package that stuff in a way that's unique to you that contributes to whatever space, you know, you're, you're contributing to. And, and I, I think that's where I think some coaches are, are trying to take shortcuts in terms of just going right to the source and, and these are the answers. And so this is my program. And, and I, I think they skip that developmental step and, I still seek that myself, even though a lot of people would say you've already reached the highest level. Um, I'm, I'm continue to, to ask, you know, questions and, and to challenge things that have been done a certain way for forever to try to find better answers. And, um, and I, that just, I think keeps me inspired. And, and I think that's, I think one of the most important keys is to, is to get in the gutter and, and to create, and to be and be willing to be wrong and to be criticized, because um, I think that helps you improve and I think it helps you grow. No, that's fantastic, and and I love some of the lessons you provided and and some of the mindsets. You know, whether it's awareness or or creation or innovation and. Um, you know, you, again, you, you, you mentioned earlier, you can get lost in the bu buzzwords, but if you really truly focus, like you're saying on, on a better, on a topic and, and really dig in and learn about it, I think you sometimes may come out, uh, surprised on the other end of what, of what you can learn. So Tanner, Absolutely. really appreciate, uh, you taking the time to join us on the sports biz leaders mindset series with Seattle university's MSBL program. And, um, you know, truly honored to, to be with you and, and uh, learn from you. And uh, we wish you the best of luck this season. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate it, man. Stay safe out there. <laughs>